Welcome to the Kim Doyle Show, where I believe business should be fun. Creating, marketing, and mastering your craft is as much about the day-to-day as it is about the big wins and even the epic fails. In this podcast, we're going to talk about all things content marketing, digital marketing, a little bit of mindset, and how to just show up by creating an online business and income that fits your lifestyle. Hey, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Kim Doyle Show. Woo! (laughs) Oh, goodness, you guys. I am now down to six days uh, and counting till I am on the road to California for two, instead of two months, I'm saying eight weeks. The weeks makes it feel faster (laughs) Uh, until I hit Costa Rica. And I literally, right before recording this, had a friend come over and we just got done moving all the big furniture into the garage. I'm having it picked up. I'm donating it. I have been selling stuff. There is a really wild feeling about making this big move. And there's a lot of freedom, actually. It's quite liberating to be donating, selling, or getting rid of as much as possible. So ah, I'm actually in a lot of gratitude to be sitting here and recording after moving couches and a table and a bunch of other stuff. Anyway, today's episode... It's called Trial, Error, and Tenacity in Life and Business. And this was prompted by a friend reaching out to me on Facebook a couple days ago. And bear with me here because I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just be super direct and say, I think with this big life transition and this move, that some of the upcoming podcast episodes are going to probably bend a little bit more towards a life theme, right? But I will do my best to share how it relates to my business and where I'm taking things, and more importantly, how that can help you. So what I'm going to do is this was all via messenger, and I'm going to share his question, and then I'll share my response, and then we're going to jump directly into the episode. So he reached out to me on messenger and said, Hey, Kim, hope you're doing well. I just read your email about the clean slate. And it honestly got me thinking about my future on a lot of things. Things aren't going well with my current job, and I haven't been happy in a while. My boss offered to pay me for one more month so I can find something else if my heart isn't completely in it. And I don't think that it is anymore. I know you have a lot going on and I'm sorry to bombard you with that. But after your email, it seemed like maybe you had some insight that I don't on things. Hope you're well. And the email, which I published as a blog post, um, was titled Clean Slate Monday. And then in parentheses, it was after the crash. And just to give you a little... um, little more info on what was in the email. So ever since I made this decision to move to Costa Rica, I have been on a little bit of a high, obviously. And so I've been on this high, A, because I'm excited about it, and B, because I've got a lot to do. And so it's been very, I don't know, it's been very easy to just get caught up in what I have to get done, this excitement, all of those things. And Come Sunday of last, I mean, literally Saturday, I was still on this high. Okay. And so I'm recording this on Thursday. So this was just a few days ago. And on Sunday, what did I do Saturday? Things are a little blurry right now. So bear with me. But I'd rented a U-Haul van um, to make a trip to the dumps for stuff I was tossing. And then I made a trip to Goodwill, which if you're in the United States, you know what that is. If you're not, it's a uh, store and that you can make donations and they sell it to raise money. It's a charity. Anyway. So I, I was super busy with house stuff on Saturday. I was like, okay, that'll be great. And then Sunday I will dig in and get some work done. Nothing. There was nothing that I could do to get myself to focus on Sunday. And I call this the crash. And this, the funny part about this is that this is truly my process. And I've learned that now that when I get in this space and I get a momentum going, I go, 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 go. And then I crash and it's simply part of it. And I shared, uh, let's see if I can actually pull this up because I do want to share this with you. So I happened to be, um, you know, I was, I was trying to work, like I said, and then I thought, okay, I couldn't sit still. I couldn't work. So I said, go, go do some more house stuff because there's plenty of that to do. And then I came back to my desk and I was like, all right, let's, let's get ahead of the week. Let's get some stuff done. And I just could not focus you guys. And so I saw this quote on Facebook and it says, 
I told my friend that I'm emotionally hitting a wall. And she said, sometimes walls are there so we can lean on them and rest. I can't even begin to express how much I needed to hear that. Uh, Brandon Kyle Goodman is on the bottom of the quote. I don't know if it's his original quote, but um, it just hit me then. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to rest. And I believe in that, you guys. I'm not one of those. Clearly, I have a newsletter called F the Hustle, which if you're not subscribed to, kimdoyle.com forward slash F the Hustle. Um, I, you know, I get so much more accomplished, truly. And I get closer to my goals when I trust myself. I give myself the rest I need. I do the things that fill my soul outside of work. All of those things really make a huge difference. So that's what this email is referring to. I was trying to remind people to take care of themselves. We all hit a wall. We all crash and it's okay. And just as much as the highs don't last, it's good to remember Okay, so my therapist said this to me, and I confessed this for last week. It was on a previous call, and I was weepy about my mom. And then, you know, we talked through a little bit, and I said, okay, I'm okay. You know, I think the tears are gone. And she goes, for now. And I was like, why are you going to steal my thunder? But the truth is, it was such a great reminder on the other side of that. So knowing that when you're feeling good, you're feeling good for now. And it, and that's fine. Like none of that's sustainable. We can't sustain feeling down forever. I mean, unless there is a, you know, um, deeper problem. And I understand that. And my heart goes out to those people, but we don't, we can't stay high and we can't stay low permanently. Right. So it's, it was just a good reminder anyway. So my response was, and I used his name, but I'm not going to hear. I said, Hey, you're not bombarding me. My insight comes from lots of trial, error, and tenacity, which is where the podcast title came from. From my understanding, you want to have your own business. If you're not exactly sure what that looks like, that's perfectly fine. And I get needing a job while you figure that out. However, if you're not enjoying the job, I'd start looking ASAP for something else that feels better in terms of a means to an end. When you focus on where you want to be, as opposed to where you are, you'd be surprised at what shows up. So we went back and forth a little bit more. And then I sent him a link to a Dr. Joe Dispenza video on YouTube. And it really got me thinking. And really quick, before I go further, two things. One, if you've not listened to Dr. Uh, Joe Dispenza, Dr. Dispenza, I don't whatever you want to call him, just go to YouTube. He's all over the place. His story is really neat, though. He was in a, I believe it was a bicycle accident when he was maybe in his 20s. He was, he was young. He was in a bicycle accident and was told, you're either never going to walk again, or we have to do a ma- emergency back surgery. Oh, no, sorry, wrong person, wrong, wrong person. He was told, gosh, you're gonna have to listen to a story. This is how great of a storyteller I am today. Long story short, he refused their tr- Oh, I think the surgery he was supposed to have could have left him paralyzed. And he said, Nope, I'm gonna heal myself. And he did and he went all in and he's he totally healed his body. And his, his story is much more compelling <laughs> than I've told you the other one. But I started to tell you about emergency back surgery was a different podcast. But Joe Dispenza then went back to school and studied neuroplasticity and of the brain. And the the video that I sent him, which I probably should just link to in the post, talks about the fact when you start asking yourself a question, the brain naturally goes to look for an answer. So instead of why am I stuck at this job? That's not a helpful question. Instead, it should be what kind of job do I want? How can I find a job that fills my soul while I build my business? Right. So you have to be super conscious. And that's, so I sent him the video. We went back and forth a little bit. And again, that's where I ended up here. And I don't know about you, but I used to put so much pressure on myself to be somewhere else, to do more, to have more, to accomplish more. Meaning it was never about being present. It it was and this is when I was younger, I, I would say I've been pretty conscious for, you know, the last 10 plus years. But we live in Western culture, we measure success by the accumulation of things of wealth, of etc. And I'm not here to argue to each their own, because I've said this before, and I'll say it again, that I really, I do not care if somebody wants a Prius or a Lamborghini be you just don't be a dick about it, right? <laughs> like be a decent human being. So I, I just think about how many moments I robbed myself of joy when you're present. And really just, 
being able to be in the moment. And it's, it's a conscious choice. It is a, it's something. And I, you know, it's like, I hesitate to use the word work at it, but you do initially you have to work at it. It is very easy for me, much easier, I should say now to say, okay, I'm going to chill. Like as soon as I gave myself permission on Sunday to just rest and I was like, take a nap, just, just go take a nap. And I was stunned at how tired I was. I didn't think I was tired and I slept hard for a good hour. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go get dinner and I'm going to watch some Marvel movies tonight. (laughs) Like I, I, I just let it go. And you guys, I am in really good shape to move out of Boise. I'm probably, you know, I said I'm six days out and probably after tomorrow, all I'm going to have to do is clean, which is fantastic. So obviously my decision to move to Costa Rica, um, because having made that decision, I don't do that to myself anymore, right? Having made the decision to move to Costa Rica, I think shows a, a level of personal growth for myself that says, you know, you want to slow down a little bit. You want to be present. And so much of where I am, I've got a good, I don't know. I think I, I looked up how old my friend is a good 17 years on him. And so, so much of this just comes from life guys. It comes from you, you just learn that there isn't good, bad, right, or wrong. None of us get out of this life unscathed. We all have pain and heartache and tragedy and triumph and celebrations. And it's, it's simply life. And when, I, as soon as I started looking at things from that perspective, it removed a level of pressure within myself that felt so liberating. So I talk to both of my kids about this stuff a lot. And, you know, I tell them that they are so far ahead of the game if they can get like, quote unquote, get this stuff, meaning, you know, be present. And I, so as an example, my son is only 20 and my daughter's 24. I have told them both, you know, follow your hearts, do what you love, make the most of your lives, whatever it looks like to them. And honestly, even over the next 10 years, I may have said this in a previous episode where I reminded my son and I, I told my friend this, that, you know, <laughs> what I do for a living didn't exist when I was his age. And so it's like, you have no idea what the future holds. And my son is getting his bearings and he is one of those people that, and I'm going to tell you, this is truly, this was a very intentional on my part when he started working like a part-time job in high school and didn't like it and he'd quit. I started saying to him, I'm like, oh, well, you find jobs easy. You always find jobs. It's very easy for you to find jobs. He completely has that belief. And I have yet to see this kid have any issue finding a job. And, but it's funny is because he was doing, he had tried construction, didn't like it. And he bounces. And there's this traditional part in me that says stick with something. And then there is this woke (laughs) version of myself that says, oh my gosh, he's only 20. He doesn't need to stick with something he hates. Like he's got his whole life ahead of him. And he's going to, you know, life is going to hand you enough challenges that if something does not feel right in your body, I mean, and get, get really clear, get honest with yourself. If this doesn't feel right, why am I doing it? Why am I doing it? You know, and I hear my heart. I'm not saying that you don't, if you have, you know, like, like my friend I'm referring to, he's got a job that is paying the bills, then reframe. What can I do that I'm going to enjoy while I do this? Or what'll be at least fun? I I mean, I don't know this idea that we have to make money to pay for stuff that we don't have time to spend enjoying because we're working all it's, it's a little bit backwards and I'm not going to go crazy ranty on this, but let me tell you to flip this, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that my life is nothing like I thought it would be. When I said that to my therapist, she's like, you think? Meaning that's life. It's it's a, such a different world. And very rarely do people end up where they, you know, I think it's more the exception than the rule is what I should say. You know, like I look at my parents who got married at 20 and 23, um, had a wonderful life, you know, and why, you know, celebrated 50 years of marriage. And my mom passed away just a year and a half after that, but celebrated 50 years of marriage and together 53 years. And my dad was a police officer and he loved what he did and he retired. And they, you know, it's like they lived very traditional path. And for people in that generation, that was not all there was to do, but it was a lot harder to find something outside of the box. 
when I was 24, I met my husband when I was 23. We got married um, at 27. Like, we were like, okay, you know, we had our two kids. We bought our first house in suburbia. Then we upgraded and got a bigger house in suburbia and really thought we were going to live the typical traditional suburban life. When all of that was taken from me, I did a lot of soul searching and it has taken me years and a lot of courage and conscious work to really own that I want something different. I've said this before. At one point, you guys, I'll stop pre-qualifying what I think I've shared already because you're just going to be used to it. But, you know, I, I, no one in my quote unquote real life, which it's all real life at this point, but people that have been in my life and known me offline pre internet marketing, Kim, nobody does, has an, their own business. I have one friend whose husband is from Italy. He had a couple of restaurants in the Bay area, but other than that, everyone has totally followed that traditional path. And so it, you know, it takes courage to say, I, it's not for me. It's not for me. And so the same can be said for running an online business. When we're starting an online business or growing it, uh, we all do the same thing, which totally makes sense, right? So we do some research, we dig in, we study, we find some sort of mentor guru guide that helps us get started. You know, and it could be in the form of finding someone you resonate with a podcast or hiring an actual coach. I'm not, it doesn't matter what path, but we, we dig in, we do the research and we find somebody that tells us how to get going. Right. And for the sake of this episode, let's just, I'm going to focus on online business in terms of being a coach, an author, a course creator, or an e-commerce store owner, which is not my specialty outside of the fact that I have an e-commerce brand uh, with Jody. So when I first started back in 2008, which is nuts to me, um, I hired a coach and I signed up for a social media course, which was really in its infancy. And that was when I got started with Twitter and Facebook. It was all new. Um, and at the time, I knew enough to be dangerous in that I was going to stick with it. And I, I, I simply knew, guys, and I took I have taken a lot of risks. And this is also not to say that if you do not like risk having it, there's anything wrong with having a career job where you work for somebody else. If you're listening to this and you've been following me for any length of time, I'm guessing that's not your um, bigger why or goal. And so, um, you know, I'd attended a breakout session and a live event in San Francisco, which I've also talked about. And I had listened to an audio program about becoming a speaker. And through both of those things, I, I went to a breakout session on internet marketing. Another one that the speakers on the audio program was talking about internet marketing. There was something in me that knew this is it. This is my path. And I'm going to remind you guys, I did not even know how to attach something to an email at the time. I, I, I didn't. I was not. I used the computer to send emails and to play solitaire. That's pretty much it. So. I started thinking, I know I'm going to be an information marketing millionaire. And let me tell you this at the time, I, one of the websites I wanted to start was get out of retail.com. And this was for people that were stuck in retail management. I, I say stuck and, you know, I've been at the corporate level in retail, um, you know, as a district manager and stuff, but it's just not a quality of life and it, it should I don't know. I don't want to judge anybody. It just sucked the life out of me. Even though I was in it for so long, I worked for some great companies and I met great people. Um, that's what I thought I was going to do. But then I, I said to myself, why on earth would you focus on building a website and a business around something you don't do anymore and you don't want to be doing? Anyways, I've told the story so many times, but the TLDR, too long, don't read, is I found WordPress, started bartering websites for things while I learned. I got better. I hired a team. I started an outsourcing company, launched a podcast in 2013, pivoted to my personal brand in 2018, tried to do a SaaS product with a partner who I still adore, uh, went all in on content marketing, launched the Content Creators Planner with Jody towards the end of 2018, and here we are today. And you guys, there's been other stuff in there. I've done coaching. I've done some courses. My entire journey, though, has been trial and error. And so when, when I see people who think that I'm going to map out 
my business and this is what I'm going to do. And this is it, you know, it's, and I, I don't know how to say this without sounding condescending and I speak from experience, but it's kind of, you know, that's the sort of, Oh, bless your heart. And don't get me wrong. There are some people that that's worked for, but most people you start on one path and you discover another path and another path. And a huge piece of this is about staying open, open to possibility, open to maybe what you thought was going to be the thing isn't. But the truth is, that's how we learn. I so wish that clarity came through the pondering, the thinking and the planning. But it doesn't. I mean, at least for me, it doesn't. It comes through doing the work. And that doesn't mean, trust me, I've had plenty of sort of, I'll just say like, almost like a divine hit where it's like, this is it. This is it. Let's let's I'm going to give an example here. And hopefully this helps. So F the hustle, right? I in 2016 was doing a hustle free. It's called hustle free podcast. Yeah, with John Perez. And we had a whole plan for it, what it was going to be and all this stuff. And because of hustle free, I came up with F the hustle. I'm like, it was at 2016. I came up with that. Now, you know, I should have done that before the hustle newsletter came out. But what are you going to do? Anyway, so I'd come up with that. I still liked it. And I don't remember exactly. Oh, I was looking for something in Dropbox. And you know, the one of my hashtags that I love is just show up. And I was like, I'm going to do this group coaching thing. And if you ever wonder, side note, Kim's non sequitur here, why you don't pull the trigger. Oftentimes, I think we don't pull the trigger on things because we know at a deeper level, eh, this doesn't feel right. Because I'm not somebody who doesn't, I'm not afraid to do the work. I'm not afraid to, to show up. I'm not afraid to do those things. So when there's some reason I'm not pulling the trigger, I've started to look at that as an indicator to just step back and, and sit with it for a bit, right? Anyway, so I go into Dropbox and I was looking for this collateral, so to speak, that had been created for just show up. And I came across the F the Hustle logo and I had been wanting to do a newsletter, but I hadn't pulled the trigger because I didn't know what that was going to look like. I knew it needed to be lifestyle mindset, digital marketing, a little bit of Kim's humor. What I, I knew it needed to be mine, right? Um, and I saw F the Hustle and it was just like newsletter. That was it. I mean, it was a it hit me like a ton of bricks. So I'm just wanting to point out that, and it's, you know, let's get the hashtag going, guys. Hashtag F the Hustle. Um, five years ago is when that, when I came up with that, that hashtag, it's when I came up with the, I'm tired of the hustle culture. I want to enjoy the journey, all of those things. So my point in sharing that story is to, to really, um, I don't know, ease up, be easy about it. Be easy about it. And just because you have an idea today that doesn't come to fruition doesn't mean that there's not going to be value in it down the road. Okay, back to clarity through doing the work. I am not going to miss the climate. It is so dry here. Apologies. Um, okay, so here's an example. If you had even told me, if you had even told me, if you had told me even five years ago that I would enjoy studying and practicing copywriting, I truly would have thought you were on drugs. I did not like it at all. There was nothing about it that I enjoyed, probably because of the massive resistance and block I put up in my own mind. Um, it, I just, there was nothing about it I liked. It, there was no fun in playing with words for me at all. I mean, I like writing content, but copy, meh. Okay, so you might be thinking, great. What happened? What shifted? Why the change? I started writing my almost daily emails. And that was... You know, it's interesting. I had a call this morning. I'm a part of a newsletter mastermind group that I started with for amazing women. What up, girls? And I should say ladies. Is girls offensive? I don't know. Anyway, I was telling them that the best things happen for me when I do it because of the joy and the fun that I'm going to have in doing it. And I don't have an attachment to it. And so that's what happened with the almost daily emails. I had zero attachment to what that looked like, other than I was committed to doing it for myself. I really wanted to see that I could stick with it. 
and that I could focus on the mastery of what I was doing as opposed to the desired outcome. Meaning, can I, can I figure this out? Can I figure out the story-based email with a, a, a call to action? And I call them story style emails. There's all kinds of names for them, but it was, it was really more of an experiment and just get up and do it. Just get up and do it. And another side note here, letting go of a desired outcome doesn't mean you don't have goals and desires. It doesn't mean you don't want something to turn into something. It simply means you're not attached to it. And it, it means that you get to focus on what you can control where you spend your energy and how you want to get there. Cause truly every single time I let go of the outcome, I am pleasantly surprised, which is kind of a fairly new belief for me, really. Um, I have been talking about Costa Rica and moving out of the country actually for a long time. Um, I wasn't attached to when I knew I wanted to do it. And as soon as I got clear and lined up, it happened within like the whole thing came together in like 10 days. It was, it was nuts. Okay. So back to writing. Um, you know, I, I would say I, I still prefer writing content, especially, you know, like a podcast post or whatnot, or an email because I simply get to be myself and it flows. Writing copy requires a different part of my brain. Instead of thinking about sharing, connecting or teaching, I need to think about the transformation of the person I'm making an offer to. And hear my heart, I'm hoping with every ounce of my being that there is value. And I share what I'm doing in these podcasts or in emails. So when I share parts of my journey and my story, I'm I'm doing it because there is a connection there, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I don't want there to be value in that. But the the transformation that has to happen in copy requires somebody to want to take an action. And there are, I'm sure, emails or posts or podcasts that I've done that maybe lighten someone's heart that day or was amusing or whatever it is or they learned something doesn't mean it has to inspire them to book a coaching session with me. You know what I mean? So this is where writing copy is different. And there is this very strong message out in the world of be, you know, how to sell without being salesy. And the truth is we've been sold to as long as humans have been exchanging things for, you know, exchanging chickens for goods, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, but you have to be able to inspire someone to take action. And maybe what is required for you to shift your mindset in in showing up more and making offers and promoting yourself, which has to happen online. Um, maybe part of that is that you focus on reframing how you think about sales. And I often do this with, I love finding real life um, equivalents. As an example, you go to a grocery store, you don't get mad. You're not offended because they have gum and candy and magazines at the checkout. That's an upsell. It just is. They need they they need to make payroll, right? <laughs> they need to make money. So find ways to reframe how you feel about sales. But at the end of the day, you have to make the offers. Anyway, I'm all over the place today, guys. This is what happens. My brain, I'm telling you this move. But back to copy, you know, you have to inspire someone, you have to write in a way that inspires them to take some sort of action. It can be an opt in a registration or a sales offer It doesn't really matter. As long as you know what their pain is, and, and how you're offering, and what you're offering solves their problem, right? So knowing that is the first step. Then you have to be able to communicate it in a way that they feel like, yes, I have to, that's exactly how I feel. You know, and so this whole little moment here of sharing my thoughts and feelings on writing and copy um, is I've shifted to, can I enjoy the journey? Can I enjoy the mastery of this? And I will say this probably as long as I'm doing this, which hopefully will be a very long time, is that, you know, you don't get good at stuff by not doing it. You have to practice this. And learning to write well is one of the best things that you can do for yourself. And if you hate it, I'm sorry, but it's whether it's right, but you have to be able to effectively communicate. So that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave that alone because I'm going in way too many directions today. You know, I'll never call myself a copywriter, but I can certainly say that I enjoy the mastery of it. Now there is something highly satisfying 
about being able to write something that inspires someone to take action. Okay. All of this, my point is all of this is trial and error. When I told you guys that I had, uh, you know, I jumped into trying to do a SAS with a friend, it was lead surveys, you know, talk about trial and error. I got really clear, like, I don't want something that requires tech support. <laughs> I, or, and I knew I didn't want to go the route of finding investors and going that route, right? So this is how we learn trial and error. I was very transparent about that whole journey as well. And my hopes is that you guys, you know, when you're more transparent, this is another thing that we were talking about on my mastermind call this morning, we were saying, you know, that I tell people to baby step into this vulnerability and authenticity and like the word overused, whatever it is, what it is. But it's this is one of those marketers ruin everything, right? But being who you are is the fastest path to growing your business because you are the only differentiator most of the time to to stand out, right? Somebody else could be teaching exactly the same thing I do, but you don't resonate with me. So you go to them. It's fine. Um, anyway, so everything is trial and error. It, it simply is just, it's part of the process. All right, now let's talk about tenacity. And whenever I think of tenacity, I think of something that Tony Robbins said years ago when I used to listen to him. I don't. Another, God bless him. He, I, I can't anymore. But anyway, he said, how long would you give your average baby to walk? How long until you tell them, nope, you're done. You're not going to walk. You, you tried it. You're done. <laughs> of course, the answer is until they walk. That's how long I'm going to give them to learn to walk until they do it. There's no time limit, right? What about learning to ride a bike or learning how to drive? All of those things we didn't know how to do until we did them and we practiced them. So it's sticking with it until we get it. End of story. Tenacity does not require any specific skill set. All it asks of you is to not quit. Now, <laughs> here's something else because as much as I believe you can do and be and have anything you want, what's the what's the analogy I've heard, you know? It's very unlikely that, you know, somebody who's five feet tall and doesn't uh, have speed is going to become an NBA player, right? I'm, I'm grasping here, but you guys get my point. Um, I think often if I had gotten on my own way, i.e. my head, and worried way less about what people thought of me and more about what I thought of me. I probably could have reached certain goals by now or reached some faster. It just is. But the, but the truth is we don't know what we don't know. So, you know, judging and beating yourself up. I have never, ever, ever. How do I want to say this? Judged myself to success. I've never, you know, criticized myself to success. It, it's not sustainable. It doesn't work. And the easier I make things, the faster they show up. I'm sorry if this is really esoteric, but it's the truth. You are not going to motivate yourself through being just being mean, right? You're not going to do that. And it's easy to look back now and make judgments about who we were, you know, where we were or what we did. But what is the point? I, I truly believe we're we're all doing the best we can. And you know, when I look back um, at some of the challenges I had, you know, I've, I've said it that high school with my son was really difficult. Losing my mom just broke my heart. Um, and I look at even when I lost my husband, I mean, that was, gosh, it's gonna be 18 years. I can't believe it. But those things, I look back and I can say to myself, probably my worst vice is that I, I'm an uh, emotional eater. And I'm like, well, you know what? At least you weren't, you managed, you found a way to comfort yourself that wasn't super destructive. <laughs> I say that clearly there's judgment in that statement, but it wasn't just destructive. It didn't hurt anybody else. You found a way to find comfort period. What if you looked back and you know that, I don't know, I, I just find a way to be kind to that part of you as well. Um, we all make mistakes and we all screw up. We all do. There literally is nobody. It's just that when we're in it, we feel like we're the only ones in it. Instead of judging it, simply learn from it. 
and move on. Well, now you know, right? Example, now I know I don't like the cold. I don't want to live in the snow. I wouldn't have known had I not made this move. Is that, do you have to go to that extreme? No. At the same time, this wasn't, when I moved up to Boise, it wasn't a, eh, let's see if we like it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get out of California. Where do I want to go? Where do I want to try? That was it. it. It was simple. I was open. That was it. So for me, so much of this has been realizing that being unkind to myself gets me nowhere. I have never, ever, ever, like I said, been able to berate myself into success. It's just not going to happen, which is why I decided to try the alternative. What if I was kind to myself? What if I took a gentler approach? What if I decided to claim what I wanted? We've all seen this, right? We see somebody that, that maybe has only been in business for a year and a half. And it's like, holy shit. How did they just do a million dollars last year? And these are real stories. This isn't hype BBS. They worked their butt off and they showed up. Okay. How bad do you want it? And it's okay to not want it that bad or to want it differently. So there's no judgment in that, but you have to get your mindset right. The people that do those types of things are willing to say, I want this and I'm willing to take a bigger risk and do a YouTube video every day. So claim what you want and then see how the brain to go back to Joe Dispenza, see how the brain starts looking for solutions for you. That is a place that I live my life from now. It's where I create from. All right. Now what, right? This is a little bit of a all over the place. This feels a little bit like Deep Thoughts by Jack Andy, but Deep Thoughts of Kim. So here's what to do next. I wanted to share a few exercises with you that I think you'll have some fun with. And if any of this has resonated with you, all I'm asking you to do is to be open to trying these things. Okay. The other piece of this that will make a huge difference for you is to make sure you're in the right frame of mind when you do this. My phrase of choice would be an alignment. So here, here's a great example. When I went to uh, take my nap on Sunday when I could not focus and I just felt frustrated. And and when you get that way, universally you, um, I should say, w- when we get that way, the brain starts looking, i.e. ego, starts looking for evidence to support feeling like crap. It's it's nuts. Oops, I was playing with the ball and I just dropped it on the floor. Um, but you know, we, we, the brain will start looking for evidence to support why you should feel bad. So don't. Okay. So here are the three exercises that I want you to try. And I have this all written out. Um, and, uh, first of all, if, if you do these, I I do want to hear from you guys. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what the three are, and then we'll go into sort of an explanation. So number one is the what if game. Number two is your ideal everyday day. Number three is your business, your way. All right. So the first one, the what if game, pretty sure I didn't email on this already, but apologies if this is a repeat for you, but if you haven't done it, there's a reason you're hearing it again, right? Hint, hint. Okay. What I want you to do is set a timer for a minimum of 15, 15 minutes, or just, you don't have to, this is not a complete it in 15 minutes. But all I'm saying is to do this for at least 15 minutes. So if timers drive you crazy, don't set it, but just pay attention to how long you're doing this. And I want you to write out as many what if statements, positive what if statements as you can think of. And I'm going to give you some examples, but take every negative or challenging thought you have. You can do this for your life and or business or both. I sort of went both, excuse me, and write out the alternative. So as an example, Using my earlier resistance to copywriting above, a new what if statement would be, what if copywriting was fun? What if copywriting could make me a lot of money? What if learning to write copy opened new opportunities for me? What if I created new friendships and relationships through my desire to get better at copywriting? So that's one teeny tiny piece, guys, but you get it. And I would go through anywhere in your life that feels like a sticking point. So let's say you haven't pulled the trigger on a launch or a product or a course or a coaching thing. You know, what if it's because something better is coming along? And what I'm going to tell you is simply doing this exercise, A, you're going to feel way better. 
And then I would sit with it. This doesn't mean you have to go then plan out a, a funnel <laughs> from this. You do not have to go map your business from this. Do this because it's going to make you feel better and then see what shows up. Now, <laughs> this is funny. One of the dogs, I dropped the ball and it's actually to rub my heel on because I had plantar fasciitis. This is a nice non sequitur again, but the ball fell and she's like, why can't I chew it? Um, the ideal everyday day is from Frank Kern's core influence talk, which you can, I think it's on YouTube, Google it, you'll find it. Um, but the purpose of this exercise is to map out what your life would look like on any given day, not like the dream vacation, the big wedding, the, when I buy my beach house, that's coming for me. Um, basics, right? So I'm going to read you each of the questions and they are all mapped out in the, in the post. So if you go to the show notes, you'll see these. I'm not going to, I'm just going to read them. I'm not going to do number one. Okay. So just, we're going to read them. Where would you live? What would your house look like? What would it smell like? What time would you wake up? What would you do in the morning? What does the mundane stuff look like? What are you thinking about in the morning? What would you spend the first half of your day doing? What would you have for lunch? Who would you eat with? What would your friends be like? What would you talk about? What would you do for personal fulfillment? What life purpose would you strive for? What would your business be? What time would you start work? What would you actually do at work? What is your relationship like? What do you do for family time? What would you do at night? What would your thoughts be as you go to sleep? So the everyday day, when, the first time I did this, I was like, huh, I'm pretty close to it. Like, I really like the quality of my life. It's a good life. and <laughs> It's just going to get better. So all of the sudden you realize how much you have in front of you that is working. And so not only does it shift your mindset, again, the brain's going to start looking for, well, I want more of that, or I want more of this. Like I jokingly keep saying, I really miss people. I started this newsletter mastermind with these women because I miss the collaboration. I miss, you know, I, I just, I miss people. <laughs> Says a woman moving to another country where she's got to make a bunch of new friends. So that's the ideal everyday day. Now, the last one, this your business, your way. It's very similar take on the ideal everyday day, but do it specifically for your business. How much do you how much do you earn? How no, how much? I can't even read my own writing. How do you earn your income? How much do you earn? How do you spend your time? Who do you work with? Where do you spend your time in person and online business related, right? What else do you want to do? And so it's thinking about. I've, I've really been on this mission to simplify things. And the more I focus on simplifying things, the more I realize <laughs> the only person that's going to give me permission to do it the way I want is me. So to give you another example here, um, and I think I, I want to see if she wants to do a podcast episode to talk about this, a friend of mine, and I'm not going to give her name out till she gives me permission. <laughs> but had a really successful uh, membership launch um, at the end of the, gosh, was it the end of summer already? It was end of summer or fall. I apologize. But um, so she launched this membership and knowing it was sort of the beta test of it did re really well with it and um, set it up in a way because she's also gotten me really thinking about white space. I, I, I really do require a certain amount of space, white space in my life, as well as time to myself. Um, and so that being said, I also enjoy people, right? Anyway, her point was, she set this up in a way that, you know, they'd be like, I think it, it was originally set up that there'd be three calls a week. And the fourth week was they were off to do work. And she launched a Facebook group with this. And it didn't take long for her to realize, oh, my God, I don't want to do a Facebook group. So she shut it down. And went through stuff with the shutdown of that where some people complain, other people are like, no problem, we get it, blah, 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 whatever. And so, you know, we check in not as frequently as we probably both would love to with each other. But um, it's so funny because the last two calls we've had, she's had these big updates on shifts in the business and she's getting ready to do like a spring launch of this whole thing. And was telling me that she's cut back on the live calls even and has pre-recorded X amount of stuff. And she's like, I just keep tweaking it. I just keep tweaking it. I just keep tweaking it. And so my point in sharing that with you 
is that you get to design this however you want. I don't care if it, whether it's a membership or a coaching or a course or whatever, you don't have to do it the way a course teacher or a coach or whoever has said it has to be done. The more you structure your business and your life to work for you, the, the easier it's going to be to serve the people you're here to serve, to create the life you want. And I don't know about you. It is so trite, but it's so true. It's that whole put your own ox- oxygen mask on first mask. This is what happens when I'm tired and I can't talk. <laughs> There's a reason, right? That we have to take care of ourselves first. And I've seen this going around um, another quote on Facebook, you know, self-care is more than like massages and bubble baths, which I freaking adore. And side note, oh my gosh, I traded an ottoman that I was selling for a two and a half hour massage. And it was one of the best massages of my life. And I'm just really mad that I found her right as I'm leaving. But anyway, you know, I, I think it's getting clear on what feels good for you. I like take the whole, you know, morning routine thing. No, I am not going to get up at 4am. I have no desire to be part of the 4am club. I just don't. And for a long time, I sort of argued. I did that. I've raised my kid. I've raised my kids by myself. They were six and two. And it's like, so I felt like I had to defend them. I, you know, I commuted, I did all that. Like, I don't want to do it. And it's like, how about I don't want to be a part of the 4am club because I don't want to be. I like not setting an alarm. I like easing into my day. I like my morning routine. I like, you know, calling it a day between two and three and then getting back on my laptop later. Sometimes I work till five. Sometimes I work till, it doesn't matter. But I like having that flow. I, I, I create my weeks, you guys. I do not do calls on Monday and Friday unless it's a friend or, you know, or if Jody and I, which Jody's a friend too, but pretty much the only person like I can do a call on Friday. Yeah, I can do a call on Friday, but I like Mondays and Fridays to myself. I do. I work, but I love as much as I love having calls and coaching and, and doing these collaborations and stuff. I still love the time to myself. Like when I look at a day that I don't have any calls scheduled, holy time lottery, holy time lottery. So all of this is because I want for you to, for you to realize that you get to do this, how you want to do it. Take your time, do these exercises, take the time to do it and see how you feel when you're done. And I know I keep pulling up little examples and stories. I had a coaching call yesterday with someone and what's up if you're listening. And we were talking about, uh, we were talking about Costa Rica and stuff. And she was, she was saying how, you know, when her son, who's not in high school yet, but when he's out of high school and he's, you know, that her and her husband, it was one of the countries they looked at and was looking at a budget. And I'm like, screw the budget. Like, why wouldn't you want more? Like you can go for, if, if, if people want that, hear my heart, most people won't give themselves permission to want more. And, you know, I joke around, (coughs) excuse me, like my therapist is such an inspiration to me because of what she's achieved and accomplished and where her whole story and, you know, to see the house literally on the beach that she just sold to Costa Rica for a newer house. I'm like, that's what I want. That's what I want. And when I look at the nutty prices of real estate right now, and I won't go into that, um, just across the country. I mean, you know, suburban track homes in California sell for $900,000. It's ridiculous to me. Um, but whatever, to each their own. And I'm not knocking suburbia or urban areas. You want to be there. I just wanted, I really want to experience something different. My point was when I told her, want what you want, girl, like you can have big dreams. You can, you can do this. Like you get to create exactly what you want. She totally got teary. And so you get to decide what you want. You get to decide how often you work and you can do it with whatever schedule framework structure you want. That's all I'm saying is I joke around that if I could just talk and write, I'd be happy as a clam. Meaning, no, you know, you guys, I had a YouTube channel. I still do. Uh, as the WordPress chick, I did a lot of how-to. And the only time anything goes up on YouTube now is if I've done a live stream and I send it there. Why? I don't know if I want to do it. And until the inspiration strikes and I feel like it's something I can stick with, you know, it's not going to happen. I have, uh, you know, another 
sort of, I would say it's a newsletter, um, kind of side thing that's, that's coming out that I, I may have teased it, but it's coming and it'll be out the second week in April. But I am probably going to do a separate website for my journey in life in Costa Rica and decided I think I'm going to do a podcast where I interview other entrepreneurs, business owners in Costa Rica. And probably I'll hit a lot of expats or, you know, which I think technically you have to be a permanent resident to be an expat. I have to look that up. But people who have moved to Costa Rica from other countries and are just exploring a different lifestyle, but they're also business owners and entrepreneurs. So it's kind of a, um, it's like, boy, this, that would be a fast path to finding my people, right? That I can, which I don't want to just connect with entrepreneurs. I'm not saying that, but I love what I do. And I love talking about this. So anyways, that might be coming too. We'll see. And it's just for fun. I'm going to keep family and friends and my tribe, you know, updated with here's life in Costa Rica. Here's why I decided to whatever. So I just got to get the side up, which will be easy. I'm going to keep it clean and simple, but I'm doing that for fun because I want to. Your business should be fun. You should be enjoying the journey. So when you do those exercises, sit with them. You don't need to take immediate action or create some mastermind map or, you know, a mastermind map, not a mastermind map, a master mind map of all these things. Just let them percolate and see what unfolds. And this doesn't mean you stop taking action. You simply relax about it and you'll find that you start taking inspired action and things will hashtag just show up. So what is the point of all of this? If you're not enjoying the journey, be easy about it and be easy about it today. Now you guys don't wait for something. For me, it was more of a, okay, well, all of my pissed off to motivation is not gotten me where I want to be. So let's go ahead and try something else. Yeah, it's called learning things the hard way. Anyways, I hope this was helpful. Let me know if you do these exercises. I'd love to hear from you guys. As always, thank you for listening. I love you tons. The next podcast episode, I will see about next week. Um, but I'll be recording from California. I'm actually debating on trying to record in the car. I don't know if it's going to work. I'm going to be in a U-Haul towing my car. I don't know if it's going to work. But anyways, if you've not left a review, I would love it. It would mean the world to me review the podcast as well as if you're not on my list go to kimboyle.com forward slash f just the letter f f the hustle and until next time guys be easy about it